thoughts are apparel. This outfit that my beautiful sister has on right now, it was somebody's thought. Your shoes that you have on, it was first somebody's thought. That cell phone that's in your hand or in your pocket was first somebody, y'all talk to me, thought. Thoughts are apparel. Therefore, I don't want us to wear depression. I don't want us to wear lust. Y'all not talking to me. I don't want us to wear bitterness and wear anger and wear doubt and wear addictions. I want us to be people who are free because watch this. Our thoughts are the only piece of privacy that we have left. Did y'all hear what I just said? In the era of follows and people will spill tea on you and you end up on the shade room or spiritual world or somebody will be talking about you. Your thoughts are the only privacy that you have left. So you're telling me you're going to lose in private too? Like enough with being public intercessors but private inmates. Anybody want to be free? Remember, the enemy is not after everything you could see, but rather everything you could think. And our thoughts are apparel. Somebody say strategies. What I tried to get us to understand last week is strategies are the blueprint for how we experience victory in an area. Warfare is won by having the right strategy and on today I want to serve you and in a few moments my wife and I want to serve you some strategies but one way that you can protect your joy protect your sanity protect your peace is by having boundaries boundaries this is not just relational we need boundaries period Boundaries, because boundaries are the highest form of stewardship. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. Boundaries are the highest form of stewardship. Now, the church has done a great job with confining stewardship to your money, to your wealth, and to your influence. But what if God desires for you to steward your whole self? Your whole self. Like here at this church, we have taught you something called peers. There's a chart that I show ever so often. I'm going to continue to do it until I'm six feet in the box. Peers. This is your whole self. God wants you to steward your physical self. He wants you to steward your intellectual self. He wants you to steward your emotional and recreational and your spiritual self. And the way I can steward all of these aspects of my whole self is by having boundaries. Thank you for the one golf clap. I told you, right? Prophetic. <laughs> it's it's by having boundaries over your emotional self. Can we talk, y'all? Boundaries over your emotional self because the establishment of boundaries is the investment we make to prevent takers from vandalizing our peace. Woo! Did y'all hear what I just said? Having boundaries is the investment we make to prevent takers from vandalizing our peace what you allow is what will continue 
Talk Holy Spirit. What you allow is what will continue. This is not a devil. It is the absence of boundaries. 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 It is the way we can stop the churning of emotions in our soul and cause for them to transition into inward stillness. Boundaries. Boundaries. Listen, church family, you could be Christ-like and say no. Ms. Flowers, see how quiet it got? Like, you could be Christ-like and say no. The reason so many of us are so exhausted right now is because the absence of boundaries is having you spend all of your strength on fights that don't matter to you. They don't matter to your destiny. They don't matter to your calling. So you're tired. So by the time your fight stands before you, you're so exhausted that you can't fight that warfare because you're fighting other fights that you're not called for. Trying to help us. So I'm exhausted with stuff that has not even beneficial to my purpose. You can be Christ-like and say no. In fact, the more you follow Jesus, the more it will increase the frequency of your no. Let me come for your scalp. A limited no reveals a limited follow. Did y'all hear me? The more you follow Jesus, the more you will say no. Why? Because now I'm trying to live my life for his glory and not your acceptance. Now I'm trying to live life to please God and not please ma'am. So the more I'm living my life for Jesus, the more I'm going to say no to people. Let me put my foot on the gas a little more. You could be kind and still not allow people to come in your intimate space. It's going to help somebody, man. You can be kind and not allow them in your intimate space. That's not you being selfish. That's you stewarding your whole self. Stewarding your whole self. Is Christ-like to have boundaries and be able to discern where to properly place people? They're not wrong people. They're misplaced people. And sometimes the people that need the biggest boundaries against them is your family. I'm talking about your mama. I'm talking about your daddy. (laughs) I want to speak for a few moments around this thought from this. I'm just trying to help us, y'all, because listen, you don't have to figure out how to exit if you have a boundary that prevents you from going in it. Some stuff you never would have to exit if you have some bound. Okay, let me calm down. Let me calm down. Take my glasses. I'm sweating already. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for a few moments. The five laws of boundaries. The five laws of boundaries. This is not going to be opinionated laws. This is not going to be plagiarized laws. These are going to be biblically founded and biblically supported laws to help you steward your what? Whole self. So Father, right now, we're asking, oh God, would you give us the wisdom, give us the strength And give us the boldness to say no to things that aren't pleasing to you.
Because many times, oh God, saying yes to them is saying no to obedience. So we're asking, give us the strength. Give us the wisdom and the insight. Open the eyes of our heart so we can recognize the role that we're playing in our own suffering. All of the study, all of the preparation means absolutely nothing if you aren't magnified, if you aren't glorified. So I'm praying that you make me invisible so that you may be seen as visible. I'm petitioning you, oh God, to anoint me and use me as your oracle, the PA system, the soundtrack of heaven, not for the glory of myself because that's vanity, but for your glory, for your name, for your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you shout amen in the room? Amen. There's this confession I want all of us to say. Everybody in-house and everybody online, could you put this in the room in all caps? Can I get us to say, Father, give me the boldness to establish boundaries for your glory and my sanity in Jesus name one more time that's the confession there father give me the boldness to establish boundaries for your glory and my sanity in Jesus name is anybody excited about this yeah so there, there are a few scriptures that I want to read uh, Mrs. Flowers would you join me could y'all clap it up for my beautiful wife Come on up here, girl. Let's double team this. Say hello to the people. Hi, guys. Y'all, y'all excited about these boundaries? Gotta <laughs> be right. Y'all ready? Now, ready? We, we, we want to give you Bible, okay? I want y'all to see this. Mark chapter 6, verse 34, the gospel of Mark chapter 6, verse 34, it says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Please notice this. Jesus wasn't entertaining. He wasn't playing with them. He wasn't trying to motivate them. He wasn't trying to give them jokes. He was teaching. So any church that does not teach is not a church that is Christ-like. Amen. Okay. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came, came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. This is one reason why for this season of our ministry, we serve food because I saw Jesus did it. Right. You give them something to eat. They said to him, that, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much bread and give it to them to eat? I ain't going to Walmart. I'm not going to HEB. All these, I'm not doing all that. It's hot. It's supposed to be 105 today. I'm not doing that. It, they have to do it on their own. This is not Jesus to go. <laughs> How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down. Please note a strategy. Sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Your God is a God of strategy, y'all. 
Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Gosh, I could really bother that. Notice he blessed it, looked up to heaven. He broke it and then he gave it. A lot of us want to be blessed, but we don't want to be broken. But then we want God to give us. Okay, I don't have time. I don't have time. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of fish and chips. <laughs> Bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Now listen, I want you to notice verse 34 says there was a large crowd. Okay, and he taught them. Then I want you to notice the end of that, verse 44, it lets us know how large the crowd was to an extent. It was 5,000 men. We're not even including women and children. It was 5,000. I want you to bookmark that. Everybody say 5,000. 5,000. Okay, let's keep going, Miss Flowers. Okay, the next scripture, Luke 10, verses 1 through 10. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Oh. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Yeah. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Oh. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Yeah. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Yeah. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Huh. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near you. So this passage teaches us three things, okay? The first thing is trust even in the midst of the unknown, okay? That's good. So for those of us who are control freaks, right? Control freaks in the room? Have to control everything. Like you need all of the details <laughs> before you do something. I, I, I would annoy Jerry all the time because he, you know, my husband's spontaneous. And he would just like, get in the car, let's go. And I'm like, well, where are we going? Well, what do I need to wear? And I'm asking all these questions. I'm like, just ride. Just ride. Bro. And I'm like, well, I need to know. And sometimes I would ruin the whole evening because I'm asking all these questions, right? <laughs> and those of you, anybody like that? Like, I got to know everything. Like, those of you who always have like a snack in your bag <laughs> because you're like, I'm not about to be caught hungry nowhere, right? <laughs> or those of us, you know, you got like an outfit and an extra pair of shoes in the car, because you never know what's going to happen. And you, yeah. you know, you want to be able to dress up or dress down for whatever occasion. Yeah. Right. Is anybody, I mean, is, am, I, am I the only one? No. Don't leave me out here, y'all. Or 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 those people that set like three alarms because you may miss the first two. And, you, you know, you, 
right? You just, you just detailed. You got all the details. You got to know everything, right? But God was like, go. Don't take a purse. Don't take a bag. Don't even take sandals. Like what? I'm supposed to be barefoot, God? Really? You what? You just, you just, you just sending me out with nothing? Nothing? But he's telling them, just trust me, right? Everything's going to get taken care of while you're there. Just trust, right? Just trust me as I'm sending you. Just go. Yeah. Right? And I I, I know several of us in here would not be able to follow that instruction. Mm. Right? Because we're too resistant. We we want to control. But here's the thing. It's an illusion. Wow. We have this, and, and a lot of us are like that. I'll speak for myself. A lot of us are like that because we have this illusion that we're in control. Wow. So good. And I want to make sure I got every, listen, I got a plan B, C, D, F, G, Y, Z. Okay, I'll go to the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, zam, all of it, all of it. I got a plan. I got extra plans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's an illusion. Mm. You're not in control of anything. Yeah. You yeah. can plan, you can have, you can have everything you, you think you can you need. Yeah. You're not in control. And mm. God is telling us to trust him and just go. And some of us, we can't even um. Oh, wait, that's the next part. I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. <laughs> so good. Jesus is really saying, go and have no plan B. Can I mess y'all up? You can't be sold out and have a backup plan at the same time. Either you're going to trust me or trust you. Think about it. He's saying, listen. Don't pack no purse, no sandals. I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. I'm like, okay, you're sending me out here to kind of, it seems kind of suspect. Trust that I'm going to protect you. Trust that I'm going to provide for you. Trust that the same God who paid the rent last month, it wasn't your job, it was me. The same God who got you through the last season, it wasn't what they gave you, it was me. It wasn't the cash app, it was me. It wasn't the opportunity, it was me. Trust me. Right. Now look, look, the second thing we see from just this one passage, this is the beauty of exegeting texts, okay? The second thing we see is a revelation of what I'm called to. Right, right. Okay, look, Jesus is trying to teach them, I want you to discover how to identify when you are called to a place. Some of us are frustrated because we are going places that we're not called to. We want people to support us that we're not called to. You're trying to date somebody that you're not graced for. And God says, listen, this is how you can identify a called place is because called places execute reciprocity. Talk Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, if they are peaceful people, have your peace come on that house and they're going to feed you and they're going to give you water and they're going to take care of you. But the places that don't, that means you're not called there. Reciprocity happens in called places. If you ever find yourself in a place, in a space, or with a person that there is no reciprocity, there is a, that is a sign, I'm not called for this person. Can I go a little deeper? Now let me mess y'all up. 
if if they would have had a plan B, they wouldn't have able been they wouldn't have even been able to recognize I'm not called here. Because if they would have packed a purse and they would have packed bread, the place that didn't give them bread and give them water, they'd have been like, I got bread myself. I got I, let me modernize it. I can help them. I can change them. I can do this. They, you see? Your plan B is getting in the way of you even having discernment to recognize I'm not called to this place. I'm not, I'm not called here. So don't take anything so that I could, re- I could help you identify that this is not a called place. Because when it's kingdom, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. For the same measure you use, that measure will be measured back to you. I'm trying to help us, y'all. Reciprocity happens in called places. The third thing we see. Let's go, Ms. Flowers. The third thing in this passage is staying in a place you're not received is wasting your time. It's wasting your time. Girl. Seriously, like he told them, hey, listen, you go to a place, you know, you go in peace, you say, hey, peace, you know, peace, bros, peace, it's peace. And if you don't get that peace back, hey, I will give you your peace back to you. And then he says, if the whole town is not receiving you, right, just shake the dust off of you, right, and give them a warning, you've been warned, you know, the, the, the kingdom is coming near. Yeah. But shake it off. And some of us were spending too long in situations mm. that we're not even supposed to be there. Mm. So good. Like you're prolonging this situationship that you have going on. Yeah. You're prolonging this yeah. relationship or this job that you really should have left a long time ago. Yeah. You should have left this situation. You should have left that city a long time ago. Should have lo- you should have left this group of friends a long time ago. You're so prolonging good. something. You're wasting your time. Yeah. You're wasting your time for what God could have coming to you. Yeah. And that's why God gave them that instruction. Like, listen, I'm offering you the kingdom, right? I'm th- this is the word. This is the truth. Yeah. He, they were offering them the truth, yeah. the unadulterated truth of God. Yeah. And if they didn't receive it, Okay, well, goodbye. Yeah. You are the weakest link, right? <laughs> that, and that's what God wanted. That God wanted them to have that type of attitude. Like, you can't be like, but maybe I'll try again for them to receive me. Yeah. Or maybe I'll stay just a little longer because, you know, if I do this, then maybe they'll change. Yeah. Or if, you know, maybe, you know, the Bible says long-suffering. So let me just suffer a little bit longer until they get it. No, God is giving. No, you're wasting your time. Yeah. God is telling you to go because, listen, you're not being valued where you are. Yeah. If they're rejecting you, they don't value because, listen, you can have the entire package from head to toe. Yeah. You can have the whole package. But if you're sent to the wrong address, they're not going to handle you with care. Yeah. That's so good. Come on. Like, if you get a package that's not yours, you're like, what's this? I don't want this, ain't mine. So they don't understand how fragile it it should be handled, right? Yeah. So you're wasting your time. God says, go. Don't waste your time. Don't prolong yourself in a place that God doesn't want you there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, mm, maybe the reason we can't shake some things off 
is because we're staying in the place that made us dusty. Right? Shake the dust off your feet. How do you do that when you're in a place that keeps putting dust on you? Okay. I want y'all to see 5,072. Let's keep going. Keep going. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 12. All of this is going to connect. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Some of us just breeze past what Jesus is modeling. Jesus is modeling seek direction before selection. Did y'all see that? He prayed all night. Then he selected his disciples. Seek my direction before your selection. Most of us seek selection and then want God's direction. Okay. All right. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, chose 12 of them, whom he designated apostles. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Now I want you to notice, 5,000, 72, 12. Okay, keep going, Ms. Flowers. Okay, so good. Keep next going. passage, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 32. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, yeah. and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. So now we have Mm -hmm. 5,072, 12. Yeah. And now there's only three. Three. So powerful, y'all. The the symbolism is Moses represents the law. Mm -hmm. Elijah represents the prophets. And Jesus represents the fulfillment of all things. Okay? Mm -hmm. So now I want you to show you one more passage where you can see we're not lying. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. It says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. Don't miss it. Sit here while I pray to the disciples. But he took Peter, James, John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to the 5,000. No. He said to the 72. No. He said to the three. Look, y'all. Stay here and keep watch. Y'all listen. Jesus is revealing to us the brilliance of boundaries. You don't take the 5,000 to the mountaintop. 
You don't take the 72 to the mountaintop. You don't even take the 12 to the mountaintop. Jesus says there must be boundaries from the 3 to the 12. There must be boundaries from the 12 to the 72. And there must be boundaries between the 72 and the 5,000. Only three can handle seeing me at this next level. Only three can handle seeing me in this glorified state. Only three can handle me. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Listen, y'all. Everybody can't handle your next level. Some people can only handle your promotion and your favor in increments. Yeah. They can't handle all of it. This is why you post too much. That's to the thousand. He didn't reveal that to the thousand. He revealed that to the three. Now look, look, I know you should be able to share with your mama the good news and she should be happy for you. You should be able to share with your best friend the good news and they're happy with you. You should be able to share with your sister the good news. But watch this. Just because we are blood does not mean they are your three. Chrissy heard that? Just because, see, this is how a lot of us engage in lethal loyalty. We think because we're blood, they should have three access. We think because that's your mama, they should have three access. But just because we're blood does not mean I have to reveal my next level to you. He's showing us the brilliance of boundaries. He's showing us the, 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 the brilliance of boundaries because many times what we have to really grasp is your inner circle is supposed to be your stress reducer, not your stress causer. It's supposed to reduce the stress. Anytime God surrounds you with divine fountains, these are people, places, and spaces that you can glean from and they help wash you. It's a judgment-free zone. Anytime God surrounds you with divine fountains, Satan tries to distract you with demonic drains. Talk. Why do you think he said, when you go, don't entertain anybody? Why? Because you have a mission. And when I try to surround you with divine fountains, the enemy tries to surround you with demonic drains. You, you don't take the 5,000 to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is your crushing place. This is your crushing place. He didn't tell 72, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. Some of us have to understand being real and being vulnerable is not for the 5,000, it's for the three. Are y'all getting this? Jesus is, tell, is showing us, I don't reveal this part of overwhelmed to the point of, of just like, I feel so distressed because of the calling that I'm about to entertain, because of the cup I'm about to drink. He's showing us, I don't share that with 72. I don't share that even with 12. I share that with three. How we get hurt is we become vulnerable with thousands. My generation traffics in it. We post vulnerabilities. That's not for thousands. That's for your three. Now, this is the part that was perplexing to me and my wife. As I was studying this, I was like, man, I wonder how the nine felt being told, stay here, the three of y'all, come here. 
Like, I'm just thinking. You felt some type of way. But Jesus, Jesus is intelligent because he knows Judas is in the nine. See? See? This is so good, y'all. Judas is in the nine. But how did they feel being told, okay, y'all stay right here and pray. Peter, James, John, y'all come through. Pull up on me. And I'm searching my wife. I'm like, okay, can we find anywhere? Did they ever say anything? And I couldn't find it. And God gave me this revelation. It's because it is not your responsibility to discover how they feel about your boundary. See? See? It's not your responsibility. Is it okay? Are you all right? Was that too harsh? Is this too rough? I can't find it nowhere in the text because it is not your responsibility when you are stewarding your whole self. Listen, y'all, it's not a boundary if you're not willing to suffer for it. You will be misunderstood. You will be told, I didn't raise you like this. You will be talked about, but it's not a boundary if you're not willing to endure the backlash of you investing stewardship over your whole self. Boundaries is hard because many times the people that we were supposed to establish boundaries from was our parents. And so we become adults. Ooh, y'all, listen, adults are in here right now, but your inner childhood deficits is what's being displayed. You are a full-grown adult, but your internal, your inner childhood deficit, that's what we display when we get things that we don't like. That's what we display when we deal with storms. Boundaries. 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 Anytime... You deal with something that's heart-wrenching for the sake of peace. That's not stewardship. That's a trauma response. Did y'all hear me? We have confused being the bigger person with the toxicity tolerance. Talk, Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to be the bigger person. No, you're tolerating toxicity. And it's affecting your whole self, your physical self, your hair's falling out. It's affecting your emotional self. You can't sleep. It's affecting your intellectual self. You are using your intellectualism to forecast negativity due to what you've experienced. It's affecting your recreational self. I can't trust nobody. I ain't going with y'all a singles night. I ain't going over there with them. I can't. And so it's affecting every part of your life. Because when we stay silent to prevent war out here, it declares war in here. It declares war in here. I'm trying to help us, y'all. And I've arrived to this place. My wife and I have arrived to this place, especially in our covenant. It is better to experience war out here than for us to experience war in here. And in this, because we don't have a boundary against you. That's not being selfish. That's stewardship. Talk, Miss Flowers. You know, the conversation of boundaries is very biblical and theological. It goes way back to the beginning, guys. So go with me to Genesis 1, right? The very beginning. Genesis 1. You went there. In the beginning, (laughs) y'all. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And the earth was waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Yeah. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided, there it is. say boundaries. Boundaries. The light from the darkness. That's and so God good, called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and yeah. let it divide. Everybody say boundaries. Boundaries. The waters from the waters. So And good, God yeah. made the firmament and divided, say boundaries. Boundaries. The waters which were under the firmament from oh. the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Yeah. And God called the firmament heaven and there was evening and mm. there was morning a second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. You can clearly see in the scripture that God made boundaries. Creation narrative. From the creation, he yeah. divided things. You can't, so I mean, there's sky... And then there's earth. There's a boundary. Yeah. Like the earth stops, the, earth, the, the, the sky stops, right? There's a boundary there. There are land animals and there are sea animals. Yeah. There are birds in the sky. Yeah. Oh, there are boundaries, right? You can't be a bird and swim in the sea. You can't be a dolphin and fly in the air. They jump up, but they jump right back down in the water. Yeah, and even the birds got to come back Right. Up. They have boundaries, right? Yeah. And so I think the problem is we do not understand that God created these boundaries and they're okay. Yeah. Right? I think about in my own life, the boundaries that I had to create with people in my family. Yeah. My own natural father, like Jerry talking about your mom and your daddy. Yeah, I've had to do that too. My own father, I had to create a boundary with him. Yeah. I had to create a boundary. There were, there were times where he would call me, literally, and he would curse God on the phone to me. Yeah. And I would get hurt all over again, and then I would forgive him, and then I would let him back in, and then he would do something else, mm -hmm. right? And so I had to get to a point in my marriage and, and Jerry had to say, he really can't call you anymore. Yeah, it was affecting us too. It was affecting yeah. my emotional state, my mental state. I couldn't think, I couldn't sleep. It was, it was affecting me so much to the point where I really couldn't function. Yeah. And so I had to create not just a communication boundary, mm -hmm. I had to create an emotional boundary. Right. So I had to create emotional boundary to the point where like, you know what? I can't allow this anymore to hurt me or affect me like it's been. Yeah. Right. I can't allow myself to continue to what he says and what he does and the things that he continues, the, 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 the vicious cycles and the unhealthy dysfunctional cycles yeah. that he's got going on with him. I cannot keep allowing this to affect me. So I had to emotionally disconnect. Mm. I had to emotionally disconnect. And sometimes we may feel guilty for that. There were moments in my life where I felt guilty because he's, he's my father. Yeah. He's, he's my father. He gave me life. He took care of me when I was a baby, right? He's my dad, but he's unhealthy. Yeah. 
and he's dysfunctional. And so I had to create that boundary. And I went to good old Webster, y'all, for this dictionary. Okay? I mean, for this definition. So a really simple definition for boundaries. It is a line that marks the limit of an area. The limit of an activity. Something that indicates or fixes a limit or an extent. And some of us need to be like, there is a limit to where I allow you to come with me. Mm. No, you can't. There's a limit to what I'm going to take. There is a limit to what I'm going to engage in. There is a limit to what I'm going to be involved in. I have to make this decision, sometimes very difficult, hard decisions to say, I'm going to limit myself. When you think about land, like you can't just cross over to another country. I mean, people do, but it's illegal. (laughs) Yeah. When you think of a camp or a compound or any type of area, there's boundaries, there's limits because there is a territory over there that you're not supposed to be in. Yeah. It could be dangerous, right? It could be hostile. Yeah. It could be an area that you should not be in. Yeah. That's why we have to have boundaries and limits to what we allow. You can't talk to me that way. Okay? You can't treat me that way. I don't care who you are. (laughs) I don't care who you are. You're not going to talk to me like that. You're not going to treat me like that. I'm not... I'm not going to allow you in my space anymore yeah. because you're affecting me. Yeah, so good. I, I, I get anxiety when you come around, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I have unhealthy thoughts when you come around, yeah. right? It takes me way back here when you come around. Yeah. I, have to, I have to get healed all over again yeah. when you come around. I have to like, oh, Lord, let me go pray. (laughs) I have to go pray because I'm going over such and such house. Right? For holidays, like, man, I'm going to grandma's house. Going to auntie's house. I got to buy that. No, there should be a limit. And it's okay. See, people, you know, you think you should just, because we're Christians, we're just supposed to tolerate anything. No. I tell you what, Jesus didn't just tolerate anything. Everything he went through, he chose to go through. Yeah. He, he, he didn't tolerate the cross. He chose the cross. Yeah. Okay, he chose it. No man took his life. He gave it, right? Yeah. So, but he didn't tolerate stuff. Yeah. Okay? He didn't yeah. tolerate things. So we as believers, we don't need to just tolerate things. Yeah. There should be a limit. Yeah. And like Jerry said, it's not unkind. It's not unchristlike. It's not ungodly. Yeah. God established boundaries from the very beginning. You're not going to take me there. Yeah. You're not going to allow, you're not going to push me to this level anymore. I'm going to create this boundary to protect myself. Like he said, my whole self, my mind, my emotions, my thoughts, my children. Yeah. I'm going to protect that. There's a boundary because I am not going to allow that to continue to affect me. Yes. So good. We want to give you the five laws of boundaries. But before we do, it would be ministerial malpractice. Y'all not going to like me for about five minutes. About five minutes, y'all not going to like me. It would be ministerial malpractice for us to preach this message as though you are the one 
that needs to establish boundaries versus sometimes other people are the ones that need to establish boundaries against you. Remember I told you, they're going to like, okay. Maybe we need to establish boundaries against you. Like I could preach and I could say God's going to do something so big in your next season that some people are going to wish that they treated you better. Then the whole room going to be shouting and you better preach. I could preach and tell you, yeah, what they did behind your back, God's going to bless you in front of their face. And then the whole people going to start shouting. And oh, that was a word. Oh, did you hear Jerry and Tanisha? Oh, did you hear that? At the expense of a narcissist feeling justified in their narcissism. At the expense of a manipulator feeling justified in their manipulation. At the expense of a sharp-tongued woman feeling justified with the way she talks to her son, the way that she talks to her husband, the way that she talks to her babe. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Your mouth is undertaker. Ooh, you caught so many bodies with your tongue, sis. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you're the one that we need to establish boundaries from. So we're going to go through this real quick just so that you can see. We like to be well-rounded offenders. One moment, preach! Next moment, I don't like you. We're going to go through this kind of quickly. It might be you that we have to set a boundary against if what, Miss Flowers? You have a short fuse. So anger is one letter short of danger, right? Like you got some anger Say that problems. again, girl. Oh, you want me to say it again? Say that again. Anger is one letter short of danger. That's good. When you get angry, you're just mm. dangerous. Say la. Yeah. Short fuse. Some of you have awful, awful anger problems. Yeah. Short fuse. Quick tempered. Not like that black hat on for yeah. yeah, like boom. What'd right. you say? Yeah. Boom. Who you talking to? Boom. I know you didn't do that. Boom. Oh, what, 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 did they do boom. that? Oh, I know. Oh, what, what? Boom. Just, <laughs> short fuse. Short. Don't take much. It don't take much. Just look at you too long. It don't take much. Boom. Boom. Oh. Short fuse. <laughs> like why? So good. Just real, real, real short tempered, yeah. right? Word of God talks about you, y'all. It does. It says Proverbs 22, chapter 22, verses 24 through 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn their ways mm. and get yourself ensnared, engulfed, so enthralled, So now you entangled. need an exit strategy. <laughs> now you need an exit strategy because I keep making friends with short-tempered people. Let's make it awkward. Can I get everybody to say, maybe? Maybe. It's me. It's me. Y'all got to hit the high note. It's me. It's me. Okay. It's me, oh Lord. Second one, it might be you that we need to establish a boundary against. I'm trying to go fast on purpose. If you're the teacher, never the student. Like you never wrong. You never wrong? Like something wrong if you never wrong. Never wrong. You ne Ignorance and arrogance is the worst combination a person can have. Because you think you know everything and can't nobody tell you anything. Why don't they invite me? It might be because you carry yourself like a teacher always, never a student. 
Wisdom is not just listening for your turn to talk. Wisdom is listening to gain understanding. And all thy getting, get an understanding. Proverbs chapter 26, because these type of people are prideful. It tells us, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. (laughs) These type of people, they're the ones that clap back the most when you establish boundaries. You know why? Because your boundary removed them using your heart as a practice field while they find themselves. Okay, let's keep going. We got to move. Next one. Number three, you never consider a different narrative. Yeah. Right? And people like this, like, on his point, they're, they're prideful. On this point, you're just blinded. Yeah. Right? You just, you're very closed-minded. You have an open mouth, but a closed mind. <laughs> right? You say, well, I just don't think, well, I just don't think that. Well, you know, I just don't, you know, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. You never consider somebody else's narrative. You yeah. never consider, could this be wrong? Like, well, no, I just, that's just not what I experienced. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just going to do it this way. Well, that's how you do it. That's fine. But I've just learned that never consider, you're just blinded. Yeah. You can't take advice. No, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Mm-mm, I don't <laughs> like like that. Y- y'all know, y'all met these people? Yeah. It might be. Maybe y'all you. talk to me. Me. Maybe don't get quiet. You. It might be it may be you. Right? Some of us have mislabeled seasons. You're not going through a storm. You're hanging with storm carriers. People come with climates. Every time she calls, it thunders. Boom. Every time mama come around, the effects start coming. (laughs) Number four, it might be you if you have to have control. These type of people twist their insecurities and project them as your flaws. Okay? These type of individuals, healing scares people who benefited from your brokenness. And they will try to change who you are to become what they need. Okay, last one. It might be you if what? You're a liar. You just lie. (laughs) You just don't tell the truth. You have no integrity. You have no integrity. You say one thing and live completely another way. Yeah. Lord have mercy. I told you I was. See, one lie makes you question all truths. But I thought you forgive me. Why are you still upset? You don't understand. I'm not upset at you. I'm upset at the struggle I got to go through every time you talk because I don't know if you're telling the truth or you're lying again. All right? So get this. Boundaries are not walls. They're not. They're doors with bolts. You can unlock it. That is a boundary. Boundaries sound like this. I understand that you're mad. I understand that you're upset, but that does not give you a right to curse me out or to talk to me like that. While you decompress, my heart is not your punching bag, okay? Boundaries sound like, go ahead, Miss Flowers. Yes, I am waiting until I get married to have sex. Okay. Yes, I am. No, you cannot come over. No, we can't do that. Yeah. Do you not understand that? Okay, well then we can no longer have communication. Yeah. That's boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries sound like, no, mama, when y'all come in for Thanksgiving, y'all can't stay at my house this year. 
No, I'm not going to the family reunion this year. That's not selfish, y'all. That's recognizing your three, your 12, your 72, and your 5,000. The first law of boundaries is the law of burdens and loads. Please get this. The first law of boundary is the law of burdens and loads. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. And this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they could take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Notice it started by saying carry each other's burdens. It ended by saying carry their own load. There's a difference. I told us this before. I want y'all to see this. A burden is my house caught on fire. I don't have nowhere to sleep. Can we stay with you tonight? That is a burden. A load is when I can't pay my rent because I had to get them new J's. I had to get that purse. I loaned them money. Now I'm asking for you to loan me money. That is not a burden. That's your load. Okay? So so that you can fully get it, a, a, a load is like a backpack. Okay, this is her responsibility. Somebody said this hers. All right. And this is my responsibility. Come here, Miss Flowers. So we're carrying our own load. This is when you're hanging around somebody that I need to establish boundary from. Oh, girl, this is just messy. This I'm going through all this stuff right now. Yeah, I'm too tired to carry all this. Yeah. Do you got $50 I could use real quick? I'm trying to go to this event. Yeah, it's, it's the weekend. I want to go here for Christmas. Will you let me? And so now look, y'all, she's getting heavy while I'm light. <laughs> and so I put all my stuff on her and all I got is one thing. One thing I'm carrying. Get in there, get in there. One thing I'm carrying, while she's carrying the stuff that I'm supposed to carry. And I want you to notice, she's heavy. A lot of us are mistaking the spirit of heaviness with bearing somebody else's load. I feel so heavy. I feel so downcast. Man, what's going on? You're taking somebody else's load that they're supposed to carry themselves. And this can be your mama. This can be your daddy. This can be your friend. It does not matter who it is. The Bible says each person is supposed to carry their own. So now she's tired carrying my stuff. Is this good? So I'm going to take it off. You're probably like, are you going to get this off my back? (laughs) It's kind of heavy. Somebody say burdens and loads. Second law is the law of first. Guys, if we get all of these five laws, I promise we will establish kingdom biblical boundaries that will help you protect and have stewardship over your whole self. The law of first. This is the law of priorities. Should you call them first? Or should you handle this first? Should you pray first? Or should you go out with them first? It's the law of first. This is all throughout the Bible. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek what? First, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. John 15, verse 18. Jesus is like, okay, don't get it twisted. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me 
first. So if they don't like your boundaries, if they don't like your witness, I want you to understand they first hated me. So you're just being like me and you're dealing with Christ-like persecution. Okay. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First. <laughs> so good, y'all. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will be able to see clearly to remove a speck from your brother's eye. Don't try to be my therapist when you need therapy. Okay? Listen, church, it is not your responsibility to help people detox. It is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to detox you from things that are in concert with their toxicity. Third law, the law of honor. Is this a honorable person? Or every time they come around, they dishonor my time. They dishonor my peace. You see these laws. Consider, do they carry themselves in a honorable fashion? Law number four, the law of no. (laughs) I don't even need to preach that, right? Number five, the law of placement. These five laws will change your life. We prayed about them. We saw God's face and we dug in the text. How can we help God's people establish boundaries that are biblical, that are not because you're wounded, but they are because you are trying to have stewardship over your whole self. If they establish the law of burdens and loads, the law of first, the law of honor, the law of no, and the law of placement. Jesus did it. He placed three in a certain place. He placed 12 in a certain place. He placed 72 in a certain place. And he placed 50 in a certain place. The reason a lot of us are so hurt is because we're misplacing parasites with partners. We're putting parasites in the, in the suite of our heart. And we're putting partners in the basement of our heart. So we're wounded. Five laws. We have confused being the bigger person with a toxicity Tolerance. You can be Christ-like and say no. Let's pray. God, thank you for this word. It was tough, hard to digest certain parts. But we saw in our foundational text, you told the people to sit down and you taught them. Not entertain them, play with them. You taught them. And I pray that this teaching will rest on good soil. So for every man under the sound of my voice, every woman under the sound of our voice, everybody watching online, we could ask ourselves these two questions. What boundaries do I need to establish to take stewardship over my whole self for your glory? Or could it be I need healing because I'm the person that people need to establish boundaries from I thank you God that we would do introspection we won't share this thinking oh this is for mama this is my brother help us to like our last scripture take the plank out of our own eye so we could see where are the areas in our life where we are entertaining demonic drains versus gleaning from divine fountains In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you give God a praise in the house?